Counselor. My name is Rob Orham. I'm a pastor and a counselor, and in this podcast, I provide biblical counsel for the practical matters of life. So if that sounds interesting to you, and you've got about 20 minutes, I invite you to keep listening. Welcome back. Today I want to address the question, what if I married the wrong person? And that is a loaded question. First of all, let me say, if you're even thinking or wondering this, it obviously means you're having some difficulties in your marriage. And I want to encourage you, having problems, even big problems in your marriage relationship doesn't mean you married the wrong person. The fact is every marriage has problems. It's not a matter of if you're going to have problems. It's rather a matter of when you inevitably have them, how are you going to respond to them? I do a lot of marriage counseling, and what I've seen is that couples can learn to work through their problems if they're truly willing to put in the intentional time and effort to learn how to do that. Now, sometimes this means you need to get help from outside sources. There are lots of conferences, books, online resources, and even professional helpers like counselors or therapists. And most of the time, I've discovered that Couples really struggle in their communication. And the way you resolve problems in your marriage, or really in any relationship, is by talking about them. Talking about them in healthy, productive ways. An inability to properly discuss issues results in an inability to resolve them. And unresolved problems, especially big ones or when there are lots of them that go on for a long time, can result in feelings leading to questions like, am I married to the right person? Or am I married to the wrong person? So as we start to address this question today, we have to remember we need to look at marriage from God's perspective. And often, in many ways, his perspective is different than ours. And we learn what God's perspective about marriage is from his word, the Bible. And we very clearly see there that God is very clear. When two people get married, they become one. One in significant, permanent, spiritual ways. In fact, Jesus himself affirmed the fact that what God joins together, no human being should separate. So it's very clear from the get-go that God's intention for marriage is for it to be permanent. Now we have to acknowledge in Scripture there are a couple of exceptions to this rule. One of them is if one of the spouses breaks the marriage covenant through infidelity. In that case, 
the spouse has biblical grounds to pursue divorce. However, just because you have biblical grounds for divorce doesn't automatically mean that that is what God wants you to do. It may very well be that God wants to use this painful, traumatic experience to do some powerful, wonderful work in your lives, miraculous work in your lives, and in the lives of those those around you. The second exception that we find in the Bible is when an unbelieving spouse, in other words, a spouse who hasn't put his or her faith in Jesus Christ yet, chooses to leave the marriage. And God's word is clear that when this happens, the spouse who was left behind isn't obligated to the marriage any longer and is free to remarry another person, another believer. And you can read about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 15. So, I think it's important to ask yourself why you're wondering right now if you married the wrong person. Is it because you're unhappy? Is it because you feel your needs aren't being met? Is it because your expectations haven't been realized? Is it because you don't feel in love with this person anymore? Is it because this person isn't turning out to be the person you thought you married? Is it because you're having feelings for someone else? Is it because you're just exhausted from trying so hard to make things work for so long? Is it because your spouse has huge issues, maybe even character issues? I don't want to minimize or deny the reality or the difficulty of these situations. But none of these are reasons or are biblical grounds for divorce. They're all about you. Those questions are all about your happiness, your fulfillment. They're not taking into consideration or prioritizing God's design and purpose for marriage. Now, I want to interject here for just a minute. This doesn't mean you have to allow yourself to continue to be abused if you're in an abusive situation. This is important. Spiritual, psychological, emotional, physical, sexual abuse, they're all very real and completely unacceptable. Your loving Heavenly Father does not expect you to submit yourself to ongoing intentional abuse of any kind. But there are steps you can take before getting divorced. One of them is separation. Separation simply means getting yourself into a safe environment where you're no longer being abused. And the goal of separation is always to work on things, to take time to really seek God, to get information and work on yourself and your relationship, and to try to be restored and reunited and rebuild a healthy relationship. 
That is the goal of separation. So let's think for a minute about the purpose of marriage. I'm going to ask you, why did you get married? I mean, if we're honest, most of us get married for selfish reasons. We want to be happy. We want to have our needs met. We want to have someone with whom we can do things. It's beneficial financially. We want to have kids. There's probably a lot more reasons. So what is God's purpose for marriage? This is something we really need to consider. It's hard because in our culture, we are entrenched. We're surrounded by a perspective that's encouraging us to believe that marriage is all about our happiness and our fulfillment. But from a biblical perspective, from God's perspective, this isn't true. It's not that God doesn't want us to be happy or fulfilled in our marriages, but those are not God's primary purposes in marriage. So what is God's primary purpose in marriage? Well, just simply stating it, the glory of God, his glory. Marriage, the relationship, the commitment between a husband and a wife is a reflection to the world of God's relationship with his bride, the church. The church being everyone who has truly put their faith in Jesus Christ and are a part of the family of God. Now, I also believe that marriage is the primary vehicle through which God sanctifies us. Sanctifies means making us more like Jesus. This is a process in which all believers find ourselves. It's a lifelong process. In fact, I often refer to marriage as the crucible of sanctification. So rather than being a source of happiness as its primary purpose, marriage is instead God's primary way of sanctifying us or of making us more like his son Jesus of revealing himself to us, of revealing our need for him, of building our character, strengthening our faith, showing us our sin so we can confess it and repent of it before him and be cleansed by him. When we recognize God's purpose in marriage, it changes how we view the difficulties and the challenges that we experience in it. Our focus moves from all the things that are wrong with our spouse and how unhappy we are and from thinking about all the options we might have to escape this unhappiness and changes to asking God what he's trying to teach me, what he wants to do in me, how he's trying to help me grow and become more like Jesus, what he's trying to do in my spouse, and how he wants to glorify himself in and through our marriage to us, to our children, to our extended family, to others around us. 
So the short answer at the end of the day is if you are married to this person, this is the right person to be married to. This is the person to whom you're married right now. And the best response to that is not to seek ways to get out of it, to look for reasons why you're unhappy in it, but instead instead to seek God and his ways to grow in it and to improve it and to allow him to use your marriage to glorify himself and do his good work in you. Now, again, I'm going to say this because it's so important. If you are being abused, you need to get yourself to a safe place where you're not being abused. And from where you can then work on yourself in your relationship with God and hopefully allow your spouse to do the same. And if infidelity has occurred, you need to really be seeking the will of God regarding what he wants you to do and surrendering your will and being willing to do his whatever he asks. And I realize this may seem impossible, and from a human perspective, it probably is. But if you allow God to enter this process, nothing is impossible with him. So instead of asking, am I married to the wrong person, there are better questions to ask. Let me share some with you. You might want to write these down. Am I being the person God is calling me to be in this marriage relationship? How can I better respond in my current relationship to help it become better and to help God work in my spouse? What can I do so that God will be glorified and those around us can learn more about him and experience him more? What is God trying to do in and through and around me and in, through, and around my spouse? Do you see how the focus changes from me to God? The bottom line is, if you're asking this question, you need to truly seek God first. Prioritize your personal relationship with him. Surrender your life and your will to him and humbly invite him to search your heart and to show you the ways in which you need to grow and learn. And ask him for his wisdom and the choices that you need to make. Ask him to give you the strength and the faith that you need to obey what he tells you to do. And always remember what Jesus prayed in the garden the night before he knew he was going to be crucified after asking multiple times for things to be different. He concludes by submitting to his Father's will and praying, not my will, but yours be done. And as followers of Christ, we're all called to that same surrendering faith. 
even though you can't see it or understand it, God's will, God's ways, God's timing, and God's purposes are always perfect, are always the best for you, for your spouse, for your marriage, and your family. And always remember, if you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, God is your heavenly Father. You are his child. He loves you. He cares about what you're going through and how you're feeling. And he only wants what's best for you. And he will only do what's good for you and your marriage and your family. And so in the midst of all this, all what you're going through, you can always come to him and pour your heart out before him. As it says in Psalm 62 in verse 8, I love that verse. He will hear you. He will be a refuge for you. You don't have to stay stuck where you are, but you have to be intentional and you have to get some help. Again, read some books, do some online research, go to a conference, meet with your pastor or a counselor or a therapist. Do something different than what you've been doing. I realize you might be a bit disappointed with what you've heard from me today. You may have been hoping you'd hear something that would encourage you or affirm you to get divorced. Well, if you're feeling that way, I want to challenge you to really examine your heart. And again, ask God to help you do this. Really consider the truths you've heard today. And to be honest, have you really done everything you possibly can to make your marriage better? If not, you need to do that before you think about giving up on it. Are you willing to pray and ask God to show you how you're contributing to the problems you're having? Are you truly willing to let God work in you and in your marriage, despite how difficult it is to accomplish his purposes for his glory? Do you believe that God is able to change your heart, to change your spouse's heart, and to remake your marriage into something much better? Do you believe that? I hope you do, because it's true. So maybe instead of getting a divorce, God wants to do something powerful, miraculous even, in you, in your spouse, in your marriage, in your family. And so before you give up, give God a chance. Thanks for listening today. If this has been helpful to you, please consider subscribing, providing a review, and telling your friends. Also, if you have a question you'd like me to address, contact me at my website at roboram.com. Until next time, keep your eyes on Jesus.